Hi guys, and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We've had Bills Chiefs, we have had Texans against the Ravens. Now it's time for Buccaneers against the Lions. I'm as ever your host, Andy Davis, and I'm this week I'm joined by two guests, one newbie and one returning guest. Our returning guest is our Lions man, who was on last week for our Lions game preview in the wildcard round. Back with us today for the divisional round preview is Aaron Fletcher from Sleep at Work. Aaron, how are you? Uh, still riding the waves of our first division winning, uh, first playoff winning thirty two years. I'm on. I'm about as high as you can get. Uh, Snoop Snoop Dogg's jealous. Put it that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, well, um, well, first of all, thank you for making us now the team with the biggest drought. I want to thank you for that. And also, you're very welcome. For his picks. <laughs> you're very um, welcome. And as I said to you on on Monday morning, you can keep that record. That's yours. You can have it. <laughs> I was convinced it was going to go to the Raiders if he, if he won a playoff game, but that hasn't happened. Um, now, our other fan is a newbie. Uh, with us today for the first time is Buccaneers fan Ross. Ross, how are you? I'm not bad. Thanks for having me. Well, great to have you on. If you don't know the story, Ross is a very late cover to the episode. He literally agreed to come on about 10 minutes ago. So, uh, fair play to him for coming on. And um, yeah, should be a good episode. Um, now, Ross, you are a newbie, and we ask all our newbies the same question. We always do. Um, is why your team? So for you, Ross, why as a UK fan did you pick the Buccaneers? Um, I was in the pub watching the Red Zone with a friend, and I'd, I had, this is 2019 before. So I never, I never knew what I was anything about the NFL or American football. And watching the Red Zone and Tampa Bay score the touchdown, it cuts and it shows you the pirate ship with the cannons firing. And I went, they got a pirate ship in the stadium. That's pretty cool. And then they scored another touchdown like 20 minutes later, half an hour later. And it showed you the kit. And I went, that's my team. And I was laughed at at the time. But four months later in the off-season, we signed Brady. Went on to win a Super Bowl and the rest is history. That is actually perfect timing. Because <laughs> literally, like, the Buccaneers fans who have been you know watching this team for 20-odd years, or maybe 15 years, because they did win it in 2003. But a lot of years of, of pain to... Um, yeah, what luck that is! I bet you thought it'd be every year like that, wouldn't you? When you your first year fully watching the NFL, your team wins it all. I have seen us win back to back to back the divisional titles and a Super Bowl, so it's been pretty nice so far. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only dream of that. Someone who's been a fan for twelve years, only ever seen us play three, no, um, yeah, three playoff games and to lose all of them. Never seen as win a division. Um, yeah, I can only only look on in envy. Um, but yeah, Aaron, for everybody is it? <laughs> well, well, for Aaron, you now you have got that sore pain almost dealt with a little bit. Now you won your first division title in thirty years, and you've won your first playoff game in thirty two years, as we mentioned before. Um, just talk us through your reaction. How are you feeling? Because obviously you'd have been a game on, you know, or finish at four am roughly. The game finished. Um, you must have just been on the all-time, all-time ultimate high. Yeah, uh, and as most people know now, I watch most games with a couple of friends from over in the states who've been Lions fans from from my, from birth by a uh, Discord. So I I kind of got to I I will always say as much as I can truly appreciate this, I've been through a lot of the pain as a Lions fan. I haven't been through the worst of it with like the 0-16, but I've been through a lot of pain with this franchise. So it, it feels extra special, but just I think one of the best parts was spending, 
and having that moment with those people, which it was it was incredible. Um, seeing how they reacted to the to the first the the first you know time we brought out the victory formation and then the the wave after it and I think yeah for for me I I struggled to sleep I was on like adrenaline so happy but again I think more than anything for me yeah it, it was all of that but it was spending it with people who who I love a lot but also people who know this more than I do and and probably deserve this more than I do yeah I mean I think same as well I mean I've been a fan 12 years I know that if the thing happened and we won a Super Bowl I know there's a lot of fans that have been you know fans a lot longer than me that most of my friends in the fan club and in the Dolphins fan club I'm in they're all of the Marino era, of that Channel 4 80s era, um, you know. So Marino basically recruited, I think, most Dolphins fans in the UK. And I think they have been through it, even with Marino, more, even more pain than I have. So, yeah, I think me and you have similar sort of stories. Um, and it must have been so great, you know, when they were playing Lose Yourself on stage. And Eminem was there in the crowd. It must have been a fantastic... They were all there. Yeah. They were, they were all Wilson, there. Barry Sanders. Um, I would say... Kid Cooley was it? No, uh, Big Sean or something was there. Big Sean, um, yeah. you had, um, yeah, the, the they were all, all of the Detroit celebs were out. Um, just it, it was that, and I remember I think I turned my TV up to two, like the volume was at two, and <laughs> I I was kind of looking over my shoulder at my wife who's fast asleep, thinking it's too loud. Like with the crowd, it's too loud, um. Just you, you felt the atmosphere, and I, I, I was on, um, I think it was a podcast just before the game, and I, I offered one piece of advice to to people watching. I was like, earlier that day was my one piece of advice was turn your TV down. If you're on mute, if you put put your TV on mute, you'll still hear it, but turn it down because <clears throat> it was just the atmosphere was incre- just incredible, absolutely amazing. Mm. You know, I mean, for me watching, I watched it a bit differently to most people. I watched that at uh, 5.20 in the morning. I recorded it, and a quick tip for everyone, you can actually watch a game in full in an hour and a half because I had, I think it's 7.15 bus to work, and I was up at 20 past five. Game starts at half past five. Back to in and amongst it, getting changed, having a shower, eating breakfast. Did all that within, well, from 5.30 until 7.10. So for those of you who are wondering, you know, can I watch a game in full before work? Yes, you can. Just make sure after every play, fast forward. If you there's a way, there's a master technique you can master. If you've had Sky or some sort of box for long enough, you you there's a way you can fast forward and um skip all the the three sort of in between plays or stuff and obviously half time and each quarter, etc. So there's a way to do it. It's it's a challenge and sometimes you miss the occasional play. But you can do it. So those who are wondering how I can watch a game in full before work, there's your answer. Um, now um, over to you, Ross. Now the Buccaneers. Uh, the, the, it's it's um, a bit of different story to um, Lions. It's a feel good story for different reasons. I think everyone's recently seen the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, but Baker Mayfield is, I think, the biggest feel good story to go into in comparison with the Lions. The fact that this is the guy who. You know, a couple of years ago was used basically uh, was got with was got rid of in order to get the Sean Watson. 
Um, then went to the Panthers, they go after them after not playing many games. Um, then went to the Rams, wasn't kept on. Joined the Buccaneers for, I think, something like $4 million one-year deal. So really, yep. a lot of thought he was the worst starting fullback in the league. I never thought that, but definitely people thought he was in the, he was in the bottom few. Um, really, reputation was at an all-time low. But for him to not only win a division, win a playoff game, but also see the Browns not win a playoff game and the quarterback they traded up, traded all those draft picks for, got rid of Bacon Mayfield for, saw him on the sidelines watching his team lose. The Panthers had the worst record in the league and the Rams got knocked out first round. So Bacon Mayfield to go come, overcome all of that and defeat the mm-hmm. NFC champions and the Eagles. Just how good of a story is that for NFL fans and for Bucks fans for you, Ross? I think it's, it's a great advertisement for throwing cash at a quarterback isn't a guarantee of success. And you've just said several names there. I think I get it's coming out four million dollars. Everyone expected us to tank the season, you know, go and get a good draft pick. But I think he's got the ability, and I think this was kind of his last chance. He's got a full season; he can really go and earn a big contract. And it's it's a great story. It's deserved, especially when you see what some of the guys in the league are on. Um, he's kept himself, I say, healthy. He's been battered and beaten up this season, but he's still started every game. He's one of only about maybe seven quarterbacks, I think, that have started every game. Um, could be wrong with that. Um, so, I, it's great. And I think he's really, he seems to really have a good bond with a lot of the guys in the team. Obviously, when he was at, um, I think it was Cleveland, there was a bit of talk about he's, he's, he's got a strange attitude and he's got maybe a, a bit of an air about him. And, but it may have just been within the organisation because they were going to push him out. So it's for them to justify it. But I think he's come in and I never see a bad word about him in terms of anyone that's ever bumped into him in Tampa, if I ever see on Twitter or anyone saying, you know, like his teammates, like they're always praising him. I think that says a lot. There's uh, Dan Campbell was uh, was praising him, giving him big praise, uh, talking about being back in college and stuff. So um, And how he, he'll always go throwing for the guys um, after practising that. So I, I think he's... It's a great story, and I, I'm hoping it will continue. Yeah, I was all in two ways because I, you know, I said it in a few weeks. But I want the Super Bowl to be a Texans Lions Super Bowl because I love the idea of a Super Bowl when no neither teams won one before. That's for me has always been something I've loved to see in any sport. I loved it when it was Swansea against Bradford in the League Cup final. You know, I love yeah. the idea of that. Both teams haven't won a Super, a Super Bowl before or that particular trophy in question. So I, I, but I would also love Baker Mayfield. I think he's one of my favourite personalities in the league, and I think he does divide opinion. But I, I love his his swagger on the pit on the field. And but I, I, I think you know, I think most people do want the Lions to win. I think the Buccaneers are the are the plans my villains they go out and win this game. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, yeah, you mentioned it then what a season he's had. I mean, he's got twenty eight touchdowns, just ten interceptions. That means he's got the seventh most touchdowns in the league this year and ninth most passing yards. Um, but equally, Jared Goff is another great story. I mean, we talked about last week the fact that he was basically seen as Paul in order to get Matt, Matt Stafford. He was seen as just a side piece along the strap picks. The whole thing was with Bay and the Super Bowl lost against the Patriots. He was basically seen as a guy. I think he's almost seen what we see Dak and Tua as now as players that can't do it when the chips are down and then when it when it matters. And uh, I think there's an element where you could think maybe he hasn't yet done it when. You are losing point thing a lot. You win. His best forms have come when you've been winning games and in the lead. But equally, to someone to you know, for him to 
be seen as you know being uh, kicked almost kicked out of the Rams a franchise by McVeigh to go to the Lions. Not you know three and thirteen and one in his first year. No one really thought much of it. And to do what he's done really this last year and a half and guide this Lions to their first playoff win in thirty odd years, and also to do it against his former team. For you, Aaron, just how good was that to see as well for the Lions? Someone like Goff, who I think, I think him, I think him and cousins, him and cousins are probably the two nicest quarterbacks in the NFL. I think there's personality. Where I think there's not many too many more likable guys than Cousins and, and Goff. Um, you know, and I think for you, Aaron, just how good has it been to see him almost overcome the overcome the haters? Yeah, great. Honestly, um, I. He's not just overcome haters around the league. He's overcome the haters in Detroit as well. There are a lot of people who, up until, I, I would say that there were a few people leaving midway through this season who were still waiting, just waiting for Hendon Hooker to finally get us to, to, to get his start and say, right, we'll ride this season out with Goff, and then next year it's Hendon Hooker time. So he he silenced haters, I think, on in. It's weird for a quarterback to play and silence 32 teams worth of haters. It normally has to be 31. But he silenced 32 teams worth of haters. And I think, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. And it, it says a lot to, I think, the character of a person who can still put, I guess, the weight of the world on the shoulders when no one seems to, everyone just kind of, as soon as you go to put the weight of the world on your shoulders, everyone turns around and goes, oh, this isn't going to end nice. <laughs> this, this this man's about to get crushed. Um, and then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you turn around and he's still got the weight of the world on his shoulders and you, everyone's now sat there going, whoa, he can actually hold... Of course he can. It's great. It is. It's amazing to see. And I think one of the... I, I, one of the storylines, I think, coming out of this game, though, which I kind of wanted to allude to was... You look at Baker and you look at Jared Goff. Now, two years apart, that is two first-round, first-overall picks that are no longer with their current teams who are killing it when no one thought they would. And I think I, it is amazing for me to watch as a Lions fan, to watch my quarterback do it. I, I like Baker Mayfield. I liked him in Cleveland and I wanted him to go on and thought he would do well elsewhere. And I'm glad to see he's gone on to do elsewhere as well. Similarly, I just hope he doesn't do too well on Sunday. That's yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I hope that's even... where it ends this season. <laughs> you look at even further back. I mean, it's only five years ago, or so where the Bucks hadn't won a playoff game since it's uh, since they'd won a Super Bowl in the 2003 season, and Lions hadn't won a playoff game in all those years. And who would have thought five years ago that you'd have both these teams fighting out to play in a Conference championship game. I think it speaks volumes about, you know, I think oh, the Buccaneers obviously got the um, lecture of Tom Brady picking them, but the Lions have proved that, you know, just that this is how you draft. I mean, the Rams were an example of, you know, I think the Rams did it well. The fact that if you want to go all in on free agents and just give away draft picks, that's how you do it. And they obviously since then actually managed to rebuild pretty well. And the Lions, at that hand, they've gone from the ground up. They, you know, they managed to get a penny still full to them. They, Drafted so well. I mean, the picks they got from the from the staff trade, they've used it on Sam Porter, I believe. Jimmy Gibbs was also part of that. It's yeah. you know, it's an amazing um well, that is a big example of a win-win trade uh, in the NFL. And um, I think the Lions have really proved that's how you draft because some teams just can't do it, and they proved that that's how you do it. 
Well, on that as well, I want to, I want to refer back to a comment made last week on the podcast by Sam. Talk when you were talking about Les Snead. Mm. Now you do realize who comes off the Led, Les Snead general manager tree, and that is our general manager Brad Holmes. And you talk about the late round picks, amazing. Like Gibbs, amazing. Laporta is doing things. I heard this quote before. I'm going to repeat it. Laporta is a rookie tight end doing things that a rookie tight end has no right to be doing. The, those draft picks have been incredible. Penny Sewell, just insane. Aiden Hutchinson, incredible. But where where Brad Holmes, I think, has really done well is those the third, fourth rounds of the draft. Amon St. Brown, fourth round draft pick. Just incredible. Kirby Joseph has been pretty damn good for us. He was Aaron Rodgers' daddy for a little while before Aaron Rodgers had to move out. This, it, it, this is where I think... I, just, I did just want to kind of revert back to that really quick and just say it was mentioned last week about Les Snead. And I think that's it. It says a lot about Les Snead that his off his coaching tree comes Brad Holmes, and Brad Holmes is doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that um, you know, Kittle had only 500 yards in his first um, season, and Kelsey had not a single yard in his first year, and he'd gone on to be wiping 30 points, the best, two best Titans in the league, and Kelsey certainly the best of all time. I want to ask you a couple of questions now before we go on to more talk with Ross. First of all, how, how do you think Michael Brockers feels about seeing Goff playing so well? I think that's that's between that's up to Michael Brockers. Fair enough. That's... Also, how do you think TJ Hawkinson feels watching this right now? Uh again, that's that that's for TJ Hawkinson to to <laughs> to feel how he feels. I don't want to make comments on, on like it is what it is. Um at the end of the day look football's full of these. Football will always be full of these. Every season people get traded, people move and then the next season a team does well. Like there 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 are hundreds of these that happen throughout here. I think I would hope that Michael Brockers and TJ Hawkinson are both sat there. Look Maybe a little bit gutted, maybe crying into a glass of wine, but sat there on the millions thinking, ah, it's just, it's the business. It is what it is. It is crazy because in the fact that when Hawkinson joined the Vikings from the Lions, the Lions were either one and six or they only had one win that whole year. And the Vikings were on a on a rampage and they were, he was seen as maybe the final piece in the jigsaw that could help them go far. And what's happened since the Vikings have lost in the playoffs, uh, first round knockout, the Lions have gone on to win a division and win a playoff game. So, Hawkinson, it's almost a bit like the Mike Lowen leaving Liverpool for Madrid. It could be. Or, you know, look, look at Coutinho leaving Liverpool for Barcelona. It feels like it could be that. A player that, you know, a great player. And he would obviously done just as much as what the Porter's has done, if not maybe more. And uh, but at the same time, you just, back then, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Who was to know back then that um, we'd see what, what was happening? Um, I just, just, I just want to throw one at Sterling leaving City for Chelsea. Oh yeah, and obviously not his own fault, but Aguero as well. Uh, you know, leaves Man City. Obviously, he retires from international football. What happens to Argentina? They win the World Cup. So there's a lot of them uh, in the um, in in all sport. I think in all team yeah. sports, there's always examples of it. Um, every every successful team, every team that's won a trophy, there's someone that left in a January transfer window a, su- a summer transfer window the one before someone left the team not that long ago it, it is it's it's the business yeah exactly 
Now, Ross, now, another game where you are the underdogs. Now, you mentioned before that you are, was it 7.5 point underdogs or something like that? You are seen as a team probably least likely to win in the entire playoffs, in the entire league, I think, over both conferences. I think yourself have probably seen as the biggest underdogs. But do you think almost like it was against Buccaneers, like against the Eagles last week, that lack of pressure that you've got, which helped you probably beat the Eagles, um, do you think that will help you again? The fact that really Baker, Mike Evans are going to this game with really no pressure at all. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think that's... That, I, I like that. I think the guys will be able to go in and, you know, they've exceeded all expectations by getting to the playoffs. They've exceeded them further by then beating the Eagles. And uh, I think they just got to take this as hey, it's a chance to right, right the wrongs of a game three months ago that, you know, on paper they might, they maybe, maybe would have thought they had a bit of an advantage due to their injuries um, for the Lions. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I would rather that than be like Dallas was. Because Dallas were seen to be, like, you're overwhelming favourites, you're going to absolutely annihilate the Packers. And then they were humbled. So I'd I'd much rather be, you know, one touchdown underdogs than than Gwen as any kind of clear favourite. I agree. We we mentioned this in our Packers uh, Cowboys one last week where we had Ash in the NFL on and we were talking about how there's many years where, you know, she's uh, well, being a fan of five, six years. So she's used to most of the time being a Packers fan as being one of the favourites in the conference. You've got Rodgers. You're seen as this team that, you're expected to go to at least a divisional round, if not more. But now it's the Brown where now no one thought they even made the playoffs. So really, in that Cowboys game, they were the underdogs. They're the underdogs again. It must almost, for me, be a better experience because I've, you know, myself of the last year was nice because we were seen well, both. I think both is actually were seen the underdogs, but both years injury hit. But a team, like you know, I you know been local fan for a long, long time, and Aaron, your team has been constantly the, the 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 pain of my life and um you know it's that constant thing of your team expected to win you know every year and if you don't win it's seen as a bad season if you or if you get to a certain point where you're expecting to win it like this season could be a salary is injured for as long as they're saying another one of those whereas if you go into a year where no one thinks you can do well and no one thinks you can win these games like the Buccaneers last week like the um Packers last week I think that just means a much more I think a much more stress-free environment personally yeah. I mean you can really it's win-win and we were talking about it with the Texans that if they beat the Ravens it's like one of the biggest shock results of the season and their first ever title game if they lose it's like oh well we lost to the number one seed the AFC favourite yeah. no one thought we'd make this make the stage or even win a division so I think for you guys it's that almost I think that freedom that Baker will have I mean Baker's got nothing to lose you know he's completely exceeded expectation this year and I think Mike Evans Godwin, they've won two goals before. Vita Vea, you know, Kate Oxen's one that'll have another one that's got no experience. He'll be free as well. So I think you've got a mixture of youngsters that are going to be really completely free because they've got no expectation. But you've also got players who've been there, done it and won it, like Bayer, like yeah. like Godwin, you know, like Devontae David. I think there's so many players in this team and I think it's quite a nice blend of things. I think you guys... I think you guys are the underdogs. I think that is that is true. But I think you guys must feel that you can probably really cause an upset, especially with the bookmakers' uh, predictions at the moment. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I look at um, I look at kind of some of the stats from the regular season and that, and I think 
a lot of Bucks fans and a lot of Lions will kind of know uh, Dan Campbell that they'll know this is how the Bucks will come to play. We're going to go there, and we're probably going to we'll run it if we have to, but it's going to be pass, pass, pass because I think the way to give the Lions trouble is to target that secondary, try and get long balls up to Trey Palmer, to Mike Evans, decent mid-length passes to Godwin and Kay Dalton. Um, I, th- I look at the rushing, I think it could be a, a very low scoring, like a very low rushing game for both sides. We were, I think, top five for rushing defence in the regular season. Uh, I only allowed 42 last week so it's going to be it's it's set up to be a very good game and I think uh, I, I'm very very happy to be that 7 point underdog because it could make it a little bit sweeter if we did manage to pull something off Well you mentioned there I mean Buckley's have the 5th best running defence when it comes to yards allowed per game the Lions are seconds I think you look at Rashad White, you look at even with you know, the double threat of Montgomery and Gibbs, I think it could be a game where um, both teams maybe have to go through the air. And I think you look at the passing defence, I mean, the Buccaneers have the fourth worst and the Lions are, um, where are they in this list? They are, they're actually only two two spots above that. So you have the fourth and sixth worst pass defences and the second and fifth best run defences. So I think that. Yeah, I think if it's going to be staff this game, you've got to look at the likes of Marlton Brown, Mike Evans, Kay Dotton, the Porter, mm-hmm. Godwin, I think Josh Reynolds, I think is someone that was really good last week. And I think another yeah. man from home is bringing in Goss, mate from LA. I think that all round, I think it's going to be, I think, I think this game probably could be the most one-sided affair, but I do think it could be one of the more high scoring because I think both teams are just going to, Pass, pass, pass. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to be, I think, a really exciting game. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to know how it goes. Um, but yeah, that is where we will um, go into our predictions. So, of course, um, we have done this for all the ones so far in Bills, Chiefs, and uh, the Texans against the um, Ravens. So now it's the turn of the Lions against the Bucks. Um, go to you first, Aaron. Who's winning the game and what's the score going to be? I probably throw the gauntlet at me there, making me go first. <laughs> um, I think it, it it will be one of those where I don't think anyone again. It, similar to Lions Rams, you don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, it, it it's a bit of anything. Obviously, I'm a bit I'm a bit more nervous about this one, I guess, as well because you don't know what you're going to get. We played the Bucks already this year, and it was a damn tough game that we shouldn't have won. Probably by two scores, um, but and this is a this is a different books team than the one we faced as well in week six. Very different books team, um, but I, I do think that this is where this is where Ben Johnson is going to really show whether he's worth it, like he's truly worth a head coaching job or not. Um, it, it's going to be a game of who who plays the like. I think it's going to come down to a game of Ben Johnson because uh, it, it's not going to come down to a game of uh, Aaron Glenn marking up against Mike Evans. Um, so I reckon I do think we'll win. Um, I and mean, I'm going to say it's a thirty-one twenty-four. Again, a one-score game, but thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's probably a reason why. 
the Seahawks haven't made a coaching decision yet. And I think other teams as well, like Washington. And I think there's probably Ben Johnson in mind or maybe a few people who are still involved in the playoffs. I think they're probably waiting for him to be whoever looking for in the playoffs left to be to be done in the playoffs. So I think Ben Johnson, uh, I'd be surprised if he stays on. I think he should stay on because I think he's got a good thing going there. And we see a lot of coordinators actually go to different teams as head coaches and they never really recover. I mean, um, you know, Matt Patricia was seen as a great coordinator and he went to the Lions. Uh, and then that, you also, you hate Aaron, but he went to you guys, stuck the place out and haven't really been the same since. So I think there's definitely, you've got to be careful. I think the enemy's done it for years as a coordinator and I think he had a long time and I think that worked out well. So I think for you guys, you've got to hope he stays, uh, but you can't also begrudge him if he does go. Oh, no, not at all. I'm just, I I just beg that he does stay. I, I, I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that, I think a lot of Lions fans are coming to terms with the fact that he'll be gone. Mm. And it, it's going to be heartbreaking, but, you know, it, it's the, the what was it called? It's that kind of the, the pitfalls of success and, be, and doing well. Yeah, and that's why... Almost helps, I think, a little bit with parity. The fact that you know you see the Eagles last year, they had um, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, both of them move on to be head coaches, and I think that's been a big part of their downfall and their collapse this season. Um, now, Ross, over to you. Who is winning the game, and what's the score going to be? Um, I called us against the Eagles. I was very confident the whole week. I called it. On the Gridiron Crew podcast, I said we'll we'll win it. Um, I still think we'll win it. I think we'll beat the Lions. I think we'll go there. We'll be the pantomime villain. I will dash their hopes. Um, oh, our, our hopes are way too cemented now. You cannot <laughs> dash hopes here. We've got above <laughs> and beyond. There's no hopes to dash. <laughs> Well, listen. You're happy, but if you're happy to bow out now and we can continue, that's absolutely fine. I'll, I'll take that any day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think score wise, it could be it could be a kind of um, it could be a field goal affair. I think there's a good chance it comes down to field goals, perhaps a missed field goal. Um, I'm going to say twenty-seven to. 24 to Tampa. Interesting, interesting. So now time for me, um, you know, as we've done all the podcasts, it's always been, tend to be the, the fan of that team picks their team, fan of that team picks their team, and it's often down to me as a neutral to have the most deciding vote. Um, I think this, for me, this is the easiest to call. I can go for Alliance. I think, um, I do think the Bucks will cause problems. I think the Bucks will make it hard. But I do think this will be the the more the, the biggest gap in victory of all four games. So I'm going to go for hmm, a 20 to 10 win for the Bucks. No, sorry, for the Lions. Um, oh, and not we'll be it too late. Can't take it back. <laughs> well, either way, I've got it covered. I can edit that out so I can say either way. I said the Bucks win or I said the Lions win. I think either way I look like the team. Because <laughs> so, um... it is, it's editor's choice here. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Um, I will say this. I was watching an interview that was put out earlier with, uh, well, like Lions of social media content, Tim Twentyman, senior writer and all that sort of stuff for the Lions, lit, was on a call and put out a video today with Scott Smith, the senior writer for the 
Buccaneers, and all the writers know each other and stuff like that from the websites. Baker Mayfield has already texted friends in LA to ask them what the noise was like and any recommendations they had for getting around the noise in the stadium. Mm. Interesting. I suppose you're playing in a dome. Is uh, there's an advantage there with that noise that it won't be uh, like at Raymond James? It's not as it's not as loud. It's however, maybe not as passionate a diehard fan base. I don't know how well you've watched the actual game, but you see how many like it. A lot of it came down to the Rams blowing two timeouts early because they couldn't hear. Um, Stafford, yeah. the amount of times tapping his helmet, saying I can't, I can't hear anything. Um, so I think it's a case of knowing your plays before you get out on the field and, and having that that um and hopefully the Lions fans remember to be loud while they're in the huddle, not when they all already know the play. Um so but I, I just thought that was an interesting little yeah, fact that I learned today that Baker Mayfield's already calling in favours from LA friends to learn how to deal with the noise. Interesting stuff. That's really Interesting, I think that that's, he's got a perfect, perfect chance to do it. I mean, you know, he's someone who's played there just over what just over two years ago. Now he played there, so for me, um, just over a year ago, actually, to be fair to him. So, yeah, that should be hopefully for him, um, a helping factor. Um, but that is where we'll end the podcast, our third of four divisional round previews. Um, of course, I've been as ever your host, Andy Davis. First of all, thank you to both our guests for coming on. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So this game is going to be on at 8pm on Sunday for UK fans, which is going to be about 3 no, uh, three p.m. Eastern for those watching in America. Will the Lions roar into the NFC title game or will the yes. Bucks sail into their place with one game for Vegas? This has no. been the Pod Podcast. This has been Ross Moynihan. This has been Aaron Fletcher. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>